Welcome to Grab Life Big. Grab Life Big. The exclusive podcast for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic life. Or as a few of us say, badass rich guys who do epic shit. And now, your host, Pat Hybin. If this is empty, this doesn't matter. I'm glad you were home. I'm always home. I'm uncool. Me too. You're doing great, dude. The only true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're uncool. Is that my advice to you? And I know you think these guys are your friends. If you want to be a true friend to them, be honest and unmerciful. Wrong Tribe Confounds, The Right Tribe Compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. All right, guys. Listen, I'd like to introduce everybody to Cav, and those are his initials. His real name is Clarence, but after his father told him about leave it to Beaver and Clarence Rutherford, who is the uh, also known as Lumpy, uh, he decided to change it to just his initials, Cav, and uh, I just made all that up. So, Cav, welcome to Grab Life Big. Good to be here. Thank you so much. Uh, why don't you give everybody like a rundown on Cav, like the day you were born mm-hmm. uh, till today? Born, um, so I'm about 36, born in 83, uh, born and bred in Denver, Colorado. Fantastic place to uh, grow up, led to my obsession with the outdoors, the mountains. Grew up, uh, my father was an entrepreneur, owned a architectural milling company. He grew that until he retired, um, probably five plus years ago. Uh, so I, I had a very good childhood. Couldn't complain about anything. Very good education. Went to a all boys Jesuit high school. Uh, then on to CU Boulder. Couldn't bring myself to leave the mountains. From there into the Peace Corps, where I served for 27 months. Traveled for a year in Southeast Asia. After that. And then I've been in the energy industry since then. Wow, that's a that's a nice run there. All right, so let's talk about all that. So uh, first of all, let's talk about the Peace Corps. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell me about that. Like, uh, like, uh, how did you decide? When did you decide? Uh, and what did you do? So it was my senior year of college. I was, uh, <laughs> I. Pretty much, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I knew I was going to, you know, I was studying finance. Uh, I studied management and I couldn't see myself as a banker or anything like that. And I guess since I had no responsibilities and I had no family, no uh, no debt, uh, no nothing, I just decided that I should do something that's completely outside of my comfort zone, where in which I could help people. And I kind of arrived at the Peace Corps as the, uh, the best way to 
get those uh, results and uh, you know be in a be in a place and uh, a country that's around the ha- halfway around the world in Kazakhstan, not knowing the language, not knowing the culture, not knowing what the hell I was doing, and from there I just I that's why I joined. I, I wanted to be uncomfortable. Wow, what no, for, where the hell is Kazakhstan? Because I, I, I think everybody kind of at least uh, let me let me speak for myself. Mm-hmm. Everybody associates Kazakhstan with Barat, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. that, that, that movie actually came out while I was there. Uh, <laughs> funny, funny enough, Kazakhstan is a former Soviet Union country. It is uh, actually quite large. It goes from the Caspian Sea on the west all the way to China. On the east, it borders Russia to the north, and then it has the other stands, Kyrgyzstan, Uzbekistan, Tajikistan, uh, are all south of it. It's uh, a very vast, vast country that's rich in resources. And, um, you know, uh, I learned Russian because everyone there speaks Russian. So you, you, you're fluent Russian? I was then. I uh, unfortunately have um, slacked. <laughs> uh, you know, you don't. If you don't use it, you kind of lose it. I, you know, I could. I'm more of a Russian dog at this point. I could understand, but I couldn't uh, have a very good conversation. That's funny. That's funny. A dog. All right. And so, like, what specifically did you do there? And like, what, like, you get dropped in the Kazakhstan? Like, what kind of environment were you in? What kind of city was it, or village, or what was it? Yeah. So, um, you spend the first three months in intensive training, and I was outside of the business center, the biggest city in Kazakhstan in the southeast, which is called Almaty. And from there, I moved um, and spent the majority of my time in the northeast, close to Russia, Mongolia, and China, in the uh, in Siberia, basically, um, in the Altai Mountains, in a town called Ritter. And my main objective was to teach in schools in that town. It was a mining town, not ty- not terribly small, fifty to sixty thousand people, very close to the Russian border, basically ninety percent Russian. And so I taught uh, English in a high school, middle school there. And like I said, I realized that I wasn't able to, I wasn't able to get to that many people by just being in a school. And therefore, I started writing grants and created a team of teachers throughout my state from college professors uh, down to high school teachers that were kind of at the top of their game and uh, raised money and kind of led them to travel throughout our state to train, like I said, 200 plus teachers, handing out uh, modern methodology and that kind of, and spending full days with them going through exercises in order to impact their ability to impact their students and therefore reach a wider audience. I also worked with NGOs for environmental awareness, you know, remodeling their, raising, raising money to remodel their uh, office and building cabins and uh, taking people out and that kind of stuff. That's awesome. So uh, do you have any, do you, do you stay in touch with any of these people? My best friend from Ritter, I do talk to quite red- regularly. His name is Sergey. He lives in Almaty now. So yeah, I mean, with WhatsApp, I'm able to 
you know, text with him on a regular basis and as well as uh, phone So this is a guy that was a teacher also? Uh, No, he was, he's like my age. He's just a young guy that I met um, when I was on the internet one day. Uh, I had to go to a, I had to go and rent a computer for, you know, 30 minutes or so um, in order to send emails to my family uh, in order to communicate. And he just kind of, he was learning English and studying English, and he just noticed that I kind of stuck out a little bit. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, from there, we kind of, uh, our relationship blossomed. And so we, we definitely um, just maintained contact. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, cool. So uh, let's get to some of your uh, one sheet and, and nitty gritty. Now, first of all, what is your, what do you do? I work for company UET in the energy space. This is a company that is not huge, about 90 people um, headquartered and founded in Denver about 17 years ago, specializing in the transport of natural gasoline, crude oil, and uh, refined products. I work on the refined products team. Uh, I used to be on the crude oil side. Um, I'm managed and I was head of operations so I managed um, thousands of rail cars in our fleet um, our what's, a, what's a refined product a refined product would Sand? be no the stuff that uh, you guys use every day in your cars uh, gasoline diesel jet oh, fuel okay um, so so are we, you an engineer or like a no, systems I, I, analyst? No, I mean, I, I'm a trader, I guess. You You're a trader. That. Okay, that's cool. I sell and um, we create da- downstream shorts throughout various markets and supply them on pipelines or by truck or by rail uh, to meet their needs. Holy dirt. And then do you, do you so that's your vertical income, right? That's where you That's trade. Correct. Yeah. Do you have horizontal income? I do have some. Uh, last year, I kind of I got, this year, is my horizontal income has dropped substantially, I guess is how I could say it. Uh, last year, my horizontal income was closer to 100000 And over the course of this, these two years, I've kind of been, um, I was selling some real estate. Um, I'm still invested in real estate projects that are currently not paying me. Um, I'm part of an 81 unit here in Denver. I am a part of uh, four duplexes that just broke ground a couple weeks ago. Uh, I just bought another house next to Denver University um, within the past months. And the income has substantially dropped as well as my stock trading. So um, right now, this current year, I'm mainly uh, reliant on vertical income. Okay, so let's talk about this if we can, because you know we can learn from people's wins and and, and sometimes even more from losses. Mm-hmm. So tell me about like um, like uh, you got when did you start investing in whatever? Like, do you normally um, invest in a stock market or real estate or both? Fifty fifty. I started in real estate investing in real estate in twenty ten when I bought my first condo in Denver. Okay. Um. I've never been huge into the real estate, I mean, uh, into the stock market side of things. Uh, You know, although I wish I had uh, been willing to put a little more money into it over the past 10 years, given the bubble that's been created. Um, Hard to lose money in a a market that's fueled by cheap and fake money. All right. So talk to me about some of these that you say are not paying. 
Like, give, give me an example of the worst yeah. ones. So the 81 unit that I'm invested in, I invested in it in 2015, and it was a blank, blank piece of ground in a great hot neighborhood here in uh, Denver, um, right off of Tennyson Street. And so I invested in a new build property. It was completed uh, two winters ago uh, and then fully leased up this year. So basically, they have not refinanced their construction loan yet. They are looking at either um, they're working to either refinance it or sell the property. And as a result, I have not started to receive quarterly payments out of that investment yet. So how long did it take to build? A couple of years. It got behind schedule due to the construction. They just ran into headaches with the actual builders and delays. Now, and these guys have a track record? Uh, yes, they had multiple other buildings that they had done in Denver. Okay. Um, so it was just. It was actually uh, used to be in the home building side and then transferred um, over the past 10 years into developments of larger uh, apartment buildings. Is it worth more than? than you guys have in it? Yes, that is what we believe, of course. You know, it's, it is performing and getting, hitting the goals that they actually prescribed or uh, expected it to. So at the current cap rates for this Class A, you know, it is trading in the four to five caps. And uh, it's, it's, we put in 16 million. So it is uh, making about 80 I think it's about eighty thousand a month in um, NOI. And and you think you could sell it? Well, you know that's what they're working on. They have not indicated that they have actually found anyone to do so or to buy it. So that's it's why it's not it's not for sale. Like it, it you is, can certainly it put it up with a broker. It is for sale. They are oh, actively working to okay. uh, get someone to take over. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, um, you know, here's the reality. Everything is always harder and everything always takes longer than the pro forma projects. That's absolutely correct. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> so you got to go into this stuff knowing that unless really the track record of the person is like, you know, 50, has done 50 apartment developments before, mm-hmm. Uh, then, then it's going to probably be a little more, the performer is going to be a little more reliable and, and earlier on time. But other than that, I mean, and there's so many uh, new, you know, syndicators and new developers and people in the real estate game that didn't exist four years ago. So it's, it's a great, <laughs> it's a great lesson. Yeah, absolutely. I'm hoping to get my money out. Not that it wouldn't be bad to have it continue and actually start to cash flow, but. Now, are you allowed to trade uh, commodities like, you know, oil and gas commodities and, and put, your own, put your own bets out there outside of your work? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Do you? Um, uh, no, I'm not. Uh, I, don't, uh, I don't focus on that um, outside of work. I'm. I'm basically just preparing and looking at uh, what the next chapter is and how to prepare, my, prepare myself to kind of move into the real estate investment side and which, you know, wh- where am I going to do that and uh, how am I, what, what type of asset am I going to invest in? Hmm. So, you know, at Abundance, we have something called the five greatest hits. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, greatest hits are basically a album. So it would be equivalent to a rock star's greatest hits album. And uh, I want to know what Cavs' five greatest hits are. You're 36 years old, so you've had 36 years of potentiality there. Uh, if they were, if you were to pick out five, like really poignant moments, right, where they like aha moments or like great moments in your life, uh, what would they be? That's hard. <laughs> I would definitely, uh, you know, what we already discussed, the Peace Corps, that was amazing. It was eye-opening, um, humbling. Uh, it provided me with a different perspective. Uh, we in America tend to um, get very wrapped up in what I see is not important anymore. And living in, um, you know, a, a developing country and not having much, you know, washing my body with a bucket. <laughs> really? It, uh, is that, is that like, like how we, long we did you go without like a real shower? We had, we had running water, but it, you know, I had to, I didn't have a, I couldn't have an actual shower. So I would basically, you know, fill up a bucket or put the thing over my head. And uh, that's how I would wash. I hand washed my clothes. I, you know, it's just a different pace of living. And it, it, it gives you a different appreciation for what's truly important and uh, just shows you that it's good to slow down and uh, not pay attention to all the noise that our uh, current society throws at you uh, from a fire hose. Yeah, that's awesome advice. Okay, what else? I guess it's hard to, I don't know if I could say this is a, I've traveled extensively. So I, I mean, like uh, I lived in Southeast Asia for a year after, after the Peace Corps. And I just traveled and moved at my own pace. And I believe exploring and getting into situations and places that are unknown and maybe make you uncomfortable are some of the best things that you can possibly do for yourself and for the people that you're inter interacting with. And so I would say, you know, just bouncing about Southeast Asia was definitely a um, incredible experience. And I would suggest that everybody goes. The wrong tribe confounds, the right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. So what countries, like, where were you? Uh, I was in uh, Thailand, Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam, Malaysia, Indonesia. Wow. And... And so I imagine you probably live pretty frugally, Kev. Absolutely. I was, I think, I think I averaged about $20 a day. What do, what do you, what do you do? What do you average now? <laughs> I probably, I'm, I live fairly um, conservatively. I would say I, I probably spend fifty dollars to $60,000 a year. So five grand a month. Mm-hmm. So it should be pretty easy for you to become a hundred percenter then, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's great. Um, 
Uh, what about future greatest hits? Like, what do you want to do? Like, what what are some like bucket list items or or major goals you want to achieve in the next uh, the rest of your lifetime? I mean, major goals, obviously. Um, well, uh, I mean, I want to. I'm I want to get married to uh, my current girlfriend and soon to be fiance. Is she uh, is she uh, there in Denver? Yes, uh, she's a. Um, optometrist she's awesome uh, positive athletic um, outgoing just uh, a, a light in the room so did she uh, did she did you go in for an eye checkup and she gave you a sneaky smile <laughs> <laughs> it's all been good yes <laughs> is that what happened really Say no, no. Actually, I met. You didn't meet her at the. I wish I haven't. She gives me shit all the time because I (laughs) we haven't uh, had an eye checkup from her. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Maybe you build some trust if you let her do one. Yeah, I probably should (laughs) be free as well. Well, that's awesome, dude. Um, All right, what else? Um, else So yeah, I mean, just building a family with her and spending time with those people that are important with me. um, uh, Becoming. Uh, fully financially independent would um, definitely be something that I'm working towards, um, you know, through my current investments that are maybe different than other people's, but um, building out a real estate investment building business, as well as uh, taking advantage of any opportunity that uh, makes sense, which would obviously, um, you know, you seek to free up your time to spend it with the ones that are uh, important to you and to focus on the things that are not that, uh, you know, that day-to-day grind that would allow me to get a different pers- or to continue to improve my perspective on life and help those around me. Where, where, um, yeah, keep going. Go ahead. I was going to ask you, you know, I mean, you have a pretty uh, wholesome, you know, outlook on on the grind, you know, the American way of, you know, working, uh, workaholicism. Uh, right. Uh, how much is enough, Kev? Enough in terms of how my much money's enough? You think? I. <laughs> that's hard to say. You. I mean. Pick a number. Enough to me would be. <laughs> I just want to live. I'm happy as long as I can support myself and live simply. I don't need. Uh, I don't need a not a lot. Although you know, I'd love to have ten, twenty million. There's not. It's not something that I wouldn't like to have, but. I'm happy with or without it is the uh, the main the main goal of mine that I will and I can and will be able to survive and um, do incredible things because I don't waste I don't uh, I don't buy things that I don't need and what I've already generated if I invest it properly even though I'm only worth 1.5 million, you know, I should be able to grow that into what I need for the rest of my life for my family. Yep. Awesome. All right. So, so, you know, everybody answers when I ask that they, you know, ambiguously, you really got to beat people on the head to figure Uh out. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I just don't, I've never even, I don't have a number. I mean, I have, I have, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm setting myself, I've changed, you know, like I was saying, I've, I've changed how I, uh, I've gotten out of my, some of my real estate investments and I've, I've changed what I'm doing because of the larger picture that I see in the economy. 
And these well, tell are, me, tell me about that. What are you, what are you, ta- what are you doing with the money? Right now, the majority of my money, you know, I have a, a I have a decent sized position in metals, gold, and silver. I have, you know, the, almost the majority of my wealth is almost all in essentially cash or cash equivalents. Okay, so let me let me stop you there. Metals, gold, and silver. Um, mm-hmm. Which has the most? I have the majority of my holdings would be in gold. Okay. Um, uh, however, at this point, I do feel that silver would be a uh, a good bet. Um, Why? Just if you look at the gold to silver ratio, it's at historic lows. Um, silver is very useful, uh, not just as a uh, protection or against funny federal or government uh, actions, but just based on historical relationships between gold and silver, silver has a lot more uptake uh, based on where gold is currently priced and could potentially go than uh, gold does. What's your opinion on cryptocurrency? You know, I, I don't uh, have a good opinion on cryptocurrency. I don't understand it enough. I do see that uh, there's a lot of people that have, you know, gotten into it and they say it's the future i just um i i don't like that the the framework that they present um themselves continues to change uh, you know they've said it's going to be a payment system and a transfer of money system and and now it's you know they say that bitcoin's the new gold and it's just a ever-changing explanation of what crypto actually is that makes me a little uncomfortable. I think it's more of a gambling pit than anything at this point where people think that they're going to get rich quick. And therefore, I just, I kind of just stick away from it personally. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Obviously, you know, if you're investing in, you know, gold and silver and, and metals, those are a hedge against something, you know, as aggressive as crypto, like specifically what metals and how does somebody invest in metals? Like, let's say I, you know, I have gold, silver, I have oil, I have coal. What, like, let's say mm-hmm. I, I never did metals. Like, what advice do you have? I mean, there's, there's plenty of brokers out there that you can find. Um, I use Colorado Gold, um, which, funny enough, are located out of Minnesota. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the <hell>? um, <laughs> They are, uh, you know, I've just, when looking at the, the prices and their fees, I've found that they are... Um, when very you say fair. metals, you mean metals? You I, buy, mean, I buy physical. Um, you, I, mean, you mean you know, gold and silver or do you mean something else? Yes, yes. Oh, is that what you mean? Okay, so I misunderstood. Um, so yeah. I actually buy physical bars and... Why? Gold. You don't, you know, yeah, why wouldn't you just buy an ETF? Um, because uh, there's... I, I like the additional protection that you have when buying the actual physical. Um, I don't know what's going to happen in the future, and I, you know, but the more and the longer in the tooth that this economy runs at uh, what I would say are weak, very weak kind of overall economic uh, numbers, and the more the Fed uh, believes that printing money is the acceptable norm the more um, protection that I believe is, is had in just having that physical backstop of having gold if the monetary uh, system kind of goes, uh, goes to crap. Yeah, which you obviously think it will. Um, I, you know, I, 
<laughs> we're in unprecedented, unprecedented times right now. We've never seen in 3,000 years of interest rate tracking, you've never seen anything like what we've experienced in the last 20 years. And you've never seen a federal reserve print money in such a manner that's so irresponsible as they are doing right now. Uh, the bubble creations that are happening and the speculation and malinvestment and unintelligent investment chasing yield um, as a result of low interest rates. And it just, uh, it scares me. I don't know when or what's going to happen, but uh, I wouldn't have my money in the stock market. Fascinating. I just put 200 grand with uh, Peter Schiff's fund, Euro Pacific Capital. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I listen to Peter Schiff regularly. Okay. So, you know his philosophy, and basically his fund is exactly his philosophy. It's all overseas stuff, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of metals. Uh, yeah, absolutely. He has, uh, he has a very, you know, he's a contrarian. He has a uh, no bullshit view on what's actually happening, and he's not afraid to tell you about it and the madness around you. I don't agree with everything he says, but I wouldn't expect him to agree with everything I say. Uh, but on a whole, I think he's uh, incredible. I, th I think he's going to be right soon. You know, I heard one guy, one guy made a comment on, uh, on, on online. He's like, Peter, you know, you've predicted 21 of the last three recessions. <laughs> uh, so, well, I think that you know you keep saying it, yeah eventually it's going to happen right there's always yeah. you know you crap there's you always crap out you know no matter what you crap there's times when you crap out it's just life it's capitalism so right you know it just uh, you know there's going to be a crap out I mean where do you see us at, uh, at right now are you comfortable with the current economic no, I'm much more conservative than you know, you know than I ever have been in the past. I just feel like we're definitely in the ninth inning, and and uh, I, I I'm it's above my pay grade to really analyze the the debt ceiling and the and and the mess that the government's in because it 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 seems like every everybody in government is oblivious to the fact, and the only people that are aware of it are outside people, right? And uh, I don't understand why that is. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that seems to happen every time though, right? Yeah, it sure does, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, we, it, probably would, it would probably would prove us all well to go back and look at some YouTube clips from 2007 and 2008, you know, where talking heads were like, everything's fine, everything's fine. Yeah, no recession. I mean, Bernanke was like right before the recession happened saying there is no recession in the future that we can possibly see. Now, you know, they are, they can't say that there's going to be a recession because their statement would naturally create fear and panic. But either way, I wouldn't pay attention to the mainstream media. They, they should, they should say nothing. You know what I mean? Like the government, nice. <laughs> yeah, they should, they should just not talk about it because yeah. You know, they shouldn't, they just should let everybody else throw their opinions back and forth and not, the Fed should not make statements and. Yeah. You know. I mean, they, they should, they shouldn't be doing what they've been doing since uh, Greenspan took over in 87, which is printing money at a unsustainable and mad rate. Not, we're, we're very far from being a capitalistic society based on what they're doing. Uh, 
they're they're controlling everything. Yeah, it's fascinating. So, uh, well, good stuff. And so you're you're just buying, you're just buying uh, uh, blocks, right? Mm-hmm. And and, yeah. and putting it in a safe deposit box or something. Yeah, I just you can hold it. There's lots of there's companies uh, that will um, store the gold for a, a small fee. But I think you know that's just a that's just a portion. I think being heavy uh, for me personally, you know, because I didn't have a I haven't built up my real estate portfolio over this um, incredible period over the past 10 years when I actually had the um, maybe potential. I, I'm mainly putting it into treasuries and cash assets where when something does happen, I will be ready to take advantage of the situation. Yeah, back up the truck. Right. So, you know, fortunes can be made. Right. And you got to be patient as hell. Exactly. That, that requires so much patience. And, 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 yeah. Well, I fully agree. It's, uh, I, and the, the thing is that I've been wrong for many years. I've been too patient. So um, reflecting on that and learning that I have been, I, I was, you know, I thought that everything was going to shit uh, in 2016. And, you know, the Federal Reserve, you know, changed their policies and China came out with money printing and things were extended. But we have to we have to kind of be aware of our own shortcomings and seek outside advice because I have missed a lot of opportunity due to my, you know, not getting out of my own head. It's weird, man. I, I, I have a, a problem and that is I, I struggle, you know, not being able to invest. Like if I, if, you know, I, I've had a couple, I've had, um, I think nine or eight, you know, I'm in a nine or eight apartment deals and about probably about half of them have sold mm-hmm. in the last couple of years, like two years in the head, two companies that I invested in privately that both sold for big numbers and and it's very difficult for me to hold ca- even this whole cash to pay taxes. Like uh-huh. I always want to invest it. I don't yeah. spend it on shit. You know what I right. mean? I'm not. I'm not. not I don't it. have a big house. I don't have. I drive. T- you know, Japanese cars. I, I just. But I. I. You know, it's very difficult not to invest and to be able to have the money to back up the truck uh, when the shit does hit the fan. And I think that so many people are going to be like way too invested. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be much cash, you know, in the right. next recession. You know what I mean? Because all the cash is going to be out on the craps table. Yeah, there could, you know, access to capital and capital constraints could, I mean, they always do in a recession. But if people aren't ready for it, um, you know, then you're, you're exactly correct. And that's, I guess that is why I'm, at this point in the game, like you've said, I, you know, we are likely in the ninth inning. It's kind of, it would be, <laughs> it would be completely against all that I've been doing to just go in for the hell of it right now, just because I, you know, can't wait any longer. I've already, you know, not that I haven't been, <laughs> but I'm not going to blow it in the ninth inning. I guess is yeah, yeah, smart. Smart. That's how I'm thinking too. Let's, um, uh, uh, Kev, let's wrap this up with a, a spin of our GoBundance app. I don't know if you've been mm-hmm. on our GoBundance app, yep. but we have a card game. I'm going to just randomly pick a card and I'm okay. going to stump you with a question here. All right. Boop, 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 boop. All right, Kev, here's what I got for you on the GoBundance app. Uh, if time and money were irrelevant, what would you do with your life? 
I'd spend my life helping and educating others, I guess. So many of us are blinded by what's directly in front of us instead of the long game. They're absorbed with themselves and they just don't see how petty so much of our lives have become and kind of focusing on grounding people and uh, getting them out of their own head, helping them with through, uh, you know, I believe in meditation and uh, self-reflection and kind of spreading those uh, techniques, I guess, would be something that I'd love to do. Good answer. Good answer. All right, Cav. Well, this has been a blast, buddy. And uh, guys, if you would like to connect with Cav, I'm going to put his info in the show notes. Uh, again, his real name is Clarence. And uh, anyways, if I'm ever in uh, Denver, Colorado, I will definitely look you up, brother, because I'm there Absolutely. a couple times a year. And then uh, I'm probably see you in Aspen close enough to you in January. Yeah, I definitely hope to be there. All right, buddy. Great Bye. to meet you. And uh, thanks for sharing. Yeah, thanks so much, Pat. In life, to be honest, I've failed as much as I've succeeded. But I love my wife. I love my life. And I wish you my kind of success. Don't step to me, don't step to me, bitch. Now you can create-